Welcome to another Flagger Foul Sports episode. This is your host, Tarun. And today we're going to be talking about the unknown personality of Kawhi and exploring possible Ben Simmons trades. So Kawhi, we both know Kawhi isn't really someone who goes to the media or really shares what, what he's doing. Like as we found out from Paul George, we've just found out he has a son. He, he literally does not share anything to the media. So that sort of doesn't really show us what how he is as a teammate too because there isn't that many reports of him. We just see what we see during the games. But I have here some reports from some of his teammates such as Kyle Lowry talking about what Kawhi really is like when you play with him. So Kyle Lowry said that Kawhi often rubs people the wrong way because of the way he operates. He will demand the ball in certain situations and go get a bucket, even if other players feel that they were open. While Lowry said this approach rubs some people the wrong way, he implied that there was a level of understanding on that Raptors team that Kawhi was the best player and they would live and die with the shots he takes. And he shared this on an episode of CJ McCollum's Pull Up podcast. So from this, we can see that Kawhi really just, he's exactly what people call Kyrie. He he just wants what he wants. We can clearly see from Kyle Lowry that Kawhi will, will take the shots anyways, even if it's not the best shot. And he doesn't care. An example of this is when he shot the game winner with the Clippers that he airballed in game five. I forgot which series it was, but he took it. He had the ball in the corner and he airballed. Immediately after that, you can see Rondo getting in his face, asking him why he shot that, because Rondo holds everyone accountable. So right after that, guess what happens in the next offseason? Rondo's traded. This really shows that Kawhi needs to get what he wants. He, He won't cooperate unless he gets what he wants. Even when he was joining the Clippers in the offseason from the Toronto, he told them, oh, you need another star or I'm not joining. So they had to give up literally every single pick for him. And in the end, I feel like that trade, and that's another story, but that trade, probably they would have been better if they didn't do it because he could have been playing with SGA, Gallinari, probably better than just Paul George, get some more picks too. But that's not the point. The point is he demands what he needs for or for him to be on the team as well. So, And another example of this is he's really behind the scenes. He really needs what he wants, even when recruiting. So actually what happened is Russell Westbrook called Kawhi in free agency 2019 to ask him if he wanted to team up. Kawhi, after hearing this, he went behind his back and told Paul George, oh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook's going to leave this offseason. You should join up with me in L.A. So obviously Paul George then requested a trade and the rest is history. He joined the team. But this shows that Kawhi really, he just he needs to get what he wants. He, he acts like he has to get what he wants. And I think the fact that he's allowed to do this and there's no repercussions for for that, especially since all his recruiting too, there's probably like tampering in there because he, he tried to recruit KD as well. He recruited a lot of people, but I don't understand how this is allowed in the league for these superstar players to have this much power. I think that that's something that has to be changed, especially when... Kawhi, even after losing in the, with the Clippers, he just gets what he wants. He can get people kicked off the team like Rondo because they don't cooperate with him. He wants to take every shot. He wants to be known, seen as a star player. Well, he is the star player. He wants his teammates to know that too. 
even though everyone knows, because we know he isn't really big with the media. But I think that that's something that Kawhi, he's going to continue to do because no one's going to stop him from doing that. So I think that Kawhi, he's he's put a lot on Steve Ballmer to do as a as a uh, as the the owner of the team. So yeah, Ka- Kawhi really is he's exactly what the media calls Kyrie. He wants to get things done his way and only his way. And that is something that yeah, that shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed. But I will say at least Kawhi didn't go and join the Lakers. That would have been pre- pretty bad. So I'll give him respect for not joining AD and LeBron. So yeah, that's kind of the Kawhi personality on the court. Obviously, it paid off in Toronto because they got the ring. But if KD was healthy, would they have got that ring? I doubt it. The Warriors definitely would have would have won that right there. So, and then after that, obviously, his media personality or the media's perception of him went up highly because obviously he won Finals MVP, and the rest of it's just ignored. Even when. I feel like Kawhi, as a superstar, is the most coddled superstar. If you look at the Game 7 meltdown against the Nuggets, Kawhi didn't really have that good of a game either. But it all everyone directed their attention towards Paul George. Like, yes, Paul George was playing bad the entire series, and Kawhi was playing good this, the entire series. But in a Game 7, Kawhi is the best player, and he did not show up in that game. Yeah, I know that Paul George as well didn't show up, but I haven't really seen Kawhi talked about much in that game seven against Denver. So that's more that's more out uh, of another example that the media kind of ignores the bad and hypes up the good of him. Also, like that that game winner he shot in game five this past season. I don't know why no one talks about his shot selection there. He shot like a fade in the corner from three. He didn't even hit rim or or backboard or in, in for that matter. So I think that 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 is something that he he they just don't talk about the negatives for him. Like in against the Nuggets, even though he played good, he still choked his multiple point leads. Like I believe there were definitely more than ten. He choked those. So I think that obviously they don't talk about that. They just talk about oh, pandemic P bricked from the corner. But let's pull up Kawhi's stats against that game seven in Denver. He shot twenty two shots and he made six of them. So he shot six for twenty two in a f- crucial game seven where they blew a three one lead. Let's see what else he did. He shot two for seven from three. He had fourteen points in that elimination game minus twenty one. Two turnovers. So, yeah, he really did not have a good game at all. Now, let's look at Paul George. Paul George had was 4 for 16 from the field, 2 for 11 from 3. But Paul George actually had a better impact than Kawhi on that game. Paul George was minus 20. Kawhi was minus 21. So you can even argue that Kawhi did have the worst impact on the team because he had the worst plus or minus on the entire Clippers. Or he had the worst plus or minus in the game of anyone. And yes, Paul George did hit the side of the backboard. That was pretty bad. But Kawhi did really not show up that game. And no one talks about it. He shot 27% from the field, which is terrible. 
in a in a game seven, especially like that, where you kind of choked your three one lead, and then you had a big lead in game seven as well, and you you lost that too. So that's definitely something that has to be talked about. Also, we got to talk about him in San Antonio, how he exited San Antonio. Yes, he had his knee injury, but there was one of his teammates. It was either Tony Parker or Manu. I'm not sure which one, but they that teammate had the exact same injury as him and recovered. But Kawhi put suspicion. He didn't believe the medical staff, even though they continuously cleared him. So he would just not play on purpose. That's the start of his load management because of his leg. So he used that as an excuse to kind of get out of there. So you can see he doesn't adjust at all. He wants what he wants. He if he thinks that if he thinks that he doesn't want to be in San Antonio, he's gone. And he used that as an excuse to leave Toronto. He stayed there for a season, then he left to because he wanted to be. He wanted he he knew that Toronto. It was he was the the best player on that team, but he knew that they all all the fans were there for Kyle Lowry more than him because Kyle Lowry has been there for a while. Obviously, a fan favorite there in Toronto, so he wanted to go to a new franchise that hasn't really had any big moments. Well, the Clippers didn't have the Lob City era, but that was a while ago. So he did that so he could be the the, the main centerpiece of attention there. That's definitely something that he shouldn't be allowed to do. So he went over there, created his own team. And again, no one ever talks about this. He's done this three separate times. He did it. He did it in, he did it with the Spurs. He did it with the Raptors. He's doing it with the Clippers right now. Obviously no one said a a single thing about that. I just think that just because he's quiet doesn't mean that he's not doing anything. It's not like he's quiet in his, in his life too. He just never speaks ever or never does anything. He definitely, the media definitely needs to talk more about the negatives that he's doing instead of just making him look like uh, a perfect NBA player. So yeah, that kind of covers what I want everyone to know about Kawhi, kind of what he's been doing. So we can move on to Ben Simmons now. Let's look at different, kind of what teams Ben Simmons would have a fit for that the Sixers could trade for too. Let's look at the Sixers first. What do the Sixers need the most? They need a point guard. They have Embiid. They have Embiid and Tobias Harris uh, at the small four in the center. So Embiid's covering the big. He's good defensively and offensively too. They just need a, a nice point guard who can sort of pass, who can pass and get a bucket for them, and he can get the team involved. So looking at that, I think that when they trade Ben Simmons, they're going to trade him as a power forward. Most teams are not going to play him at point guard. They're going to play him at the P, at the power forward at the four. So let's look at different teams. The first team that has been said to show an interest for a while now is the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves right now they have Patrick Beverly. So they have Pat Bev, and and they have Pat Bev, um, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns. So Ben Simmons as a power forward, I feel that he could benefit them at the power forward. Um, I think he can be like a Draymond type player. I think that's what he if he plays power forward, he's going to be like a Draymond. He's not going to really be the point guard. He's going to do all the dirty work, get the boards, play defense, and get the team involved. One thing about Ben Simmons is that he does actually get other teammates involved because of his size at the point guard. But I think at the power forward, he can do the same thing too. His defense is pretty solid for for his size. So I think he can definitely have like a Draymond-type career. 
And the Timberwolves especially, they're not the best defensive team because Carl Anthony Towns isn't really the best defensive center, but Ben Simmons could definitely help them. Will he make them like a contend, a championship contender? Definitely not, but he might give them help them get to like a play-in game or something like that. But here's what I think the Sixers would would require from that. That makes this trade kind of hard. I think the Sixers would want <clears throat> D'Angelo Russell in return. Now, I don't know if the Timberwolves would actually do that because Carl Anthony Towns, the one thing he asked for in his career in Minnesota is that, oh, I want D'Lo to come to Minnesota. So would they really risk doing that to and making Carl Anthony Towns leave? Do they really want to do that for Ben Simmons? This, If this goes the worst possible route, that would be D'Angelo Russell leaves, Ben Simmons comes in, and then Carl Anthony Towns get upset and requires a trade. So they lost Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. That is not a good trade for the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves would definitely have to talk to, to Kat to see if he was okay with that. But I think if he did that, now they already have to look at the guard spot. They with with Anthony Edwards taking the backcourt by himself as the main backcourt player, he would definitely develop a lot more. Obviously, they have Patrick Beverly who can fill in that point guard, but Ben Simmons would really play a big role. But I think this is a really good trade for the Sixers more than the Timberwolves because they'd get D'Lo at the point guard and he can he can get a bucket. He can he can pass, get assists too. So. I wouldn't say this is the best deal for the Timberwolves, but the Timberwolves aren't known for making the best deal, so I can see them actually doing something like that. And I think the Sixers should accept that. The Sixers, the problem with the Sixers, though, is they're getting kind of greedy. They're asking for, they're treating Ben Simmons like he's James Harden or LeBron or Kawhi, like a superstar like that, when his value has gone down immensely after his playoff performance. Even Embiid said it himself. He believes that, they lost because of a, he said specifically, a play where we had an open shot, but we passed it out and shot free throws and missed one. That exact play is what Ben Simmons did. He had a wide open dunk with Trey Young on the other side of the basket, and he passed it to Matisse, and Matisse got fouled and he missed one of the free throws, but it's not even his fault. He wasn't expecting to get a pass. Ben Simmons should have just dunked that or even shot a lip. He is 6'10", so... He's just kind of he's lost confidence in himself too. I think that that definitely lowered his uh his value as a part of a trade, but the but the Sixers don't understand that. But I think they could they could get the Timberwolves to give him what they're looking for because that's what the Timberwolves have done, like with Jimmy Butler giving up Zach Levine like that. And then another another let's look at another possible team. This team this trade scenario is, has also been talked about. And it's to the Blazers. So the Blazers do need like a Draymond-type player. Now, Dame has played with Draymond, so he might actually want to get Draymond, but we don't know if the Warriors are willing to give them Draymond, so Ben Simmons is another option. I think Ben Simmons would definitely help them defensively at the power forward because Nurkic, their center, does have an injury history from last season, so he could kind of help him out with the, on the defensive end. And he running the pick and roll with with Dame would be pretty pretty good for that team, but they would have to give up CJ McCollum in exchange. I think CJ McCollum would help the Sixers because he can go, he can score as a guard, he can run the pick and roll with Embiid pretty well. So I think that's definitely something that's possible. 
for for the Sixers to want to work. So I think I actually think that is a pretty balanced trade. I think the Blazers will get like a, a nine seed with CJ. Maybe they can get up to an eight or a seven. It's unlikely, but it's a possibility if Ben Simmons really does play pretty good defense and passes the ball like he has before. So I think that that's a, honestly it's a pretty balanced trade for each side. The only problem is I don't know like how close Dame is with CJ if you want if he's okay with CJ leaving, but. I think looking at talent wise, that's a that's a pretty good deal because the the Blazers don't really need CJ when they have Dame at, in the backcourt. They don't really need someone as good as CJ there. They need more focus on defense, which Ben Simmons could help them with. Now, another possible trade they've been talking about is Ben Simmons goes to the Warriors to join Steph and Clay. Now, I think this is going to be highly. That's going to there's going to be a highly. Kind of that's it's not gonna happen. It's highly unlikely that it's gonna happen because they have they already have Draymond. Draymond is literally a, exactly what Ben Simmons is, but a, a better shooter. Which Draymond isn't the best shooter, but is he better than Ben Simmons? Yes, he is. So I don't understand why they would do that, especially since Draymond's been a part of that core team for a while. I don't see. Steph or Clay or the Warriors organization as a whole really wanting to let go of him just to get Ben Simmons in in exchange. I think that that isn't really the best trade for him. Now I don't the problem with this is the Sixers. I don't even know what the Sixers would get back from this. Maybe some combination of Jordan Poole, maybe Wiseman and a couple picks or something like that. But it's not really the uh, the best fit for each team because. If they do give up Draymond, I see the. I don't see why the Warriors would give up Draymond for Ben Simmons. Draymond and Jordan Poole for Ben Simmons. I think that Draymond is a good fit, chemistry and player and talent wise on the Warriors. And the Sixers, yeah, Jordan Poole, it has some potential, but if they want a Jordan Poole type player right now, they could probably pick someone up. Unless their plan is to develop him, but Embiid wants to win now, so I don't really see that as a as a pretty good trade for either side, which is why it wasn't happening. Also, the Sixers have been asking for too much. I'm pretty sure they asked for Wiseman, Draymond, Jordan Poole, and Picks. I, they probably asked for something else, but that that's a lot to ask for. I, I, there's no point of the Warriors doing that trade. So now, what other teams? If we look at the if we look at the the East more? Would any teams really need him there? Maybe uh, this is a highly, highly unlikely scenario, but they could try like flipping Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox, but I see no way that this, the the Kings would ever agree to that. But if they got, if the Sixers got a player like De'Aaron Fox, I would see them coming out top three in the, in the East behind the Nets. Maybe the Bucks because the Bucks always do good in the regular season. So yeah, I think that that's definitely uh, those are definitely some possible trades. The last one not so possible, but if you're asking me where I think he'll go to, I think he will go to the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are the only ones who will actually give the Sixers that high uh, high assets back that they that they want that they really need. So I think that it's most likely he's going to go to the Timberwolves. 
the Timberwolves will give a lot for him. They will give away D'Lo for him. It's not going to be the best, but I can see the Timberwolves doing that. Also, we look at the Blazers. I think they're gonna wait. They're gonna wait another another season before they really make any moves because Dame has committed to playing the next season. If Dame says he wants out after this this season, then they're gonna kind of blow up the roster. They might flip flip for Ben flip CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. I think that's a possibility, but I don't think anything's happening this season. And Ben Simmons is getting traded this season. He hasn't showed up to training camp because he says he doesn't want to play for the for that team anymore. So. I think that he will he will have to get traded before the trade deadline, probably sooner. There's no way the Sixers are going to keep him there. Or, or they're just going to be losing chemistry by the second he's there. So, yeah, that wraps up another Flagger Files Sports podcast episode. And if you want to kind of talk about what you think, you can go to our YouTube. It's titled the same thing, Flagger Files Sports. You can comment under there. So, yeah, see you.